Macworld Podcast Special Macworld Expo Edition for Thursday, January 8th, 2009. Sponsored by Macworld Superguides, what you need to know. Welcome to Macworld Series, a special edition Macworld Expo podcast. I'm the regular host of the Macworld Podcast, Chris Breen. Throughout the week, we'll be posting a series of podcasts hosted by a variety of Macworld editors and contributors, featuring interviews with pundits, developers, and notable Mac users. And now, today's podcast. Hello, and welcome to a special From the Lab podcast from the show floor of Macworld Expo. I'm Roman Loyola, Senior Editor for Macworld, and while Apple tends to get most of the attention here at Expo, there are a lot of other interesting products here. So we're going to talk about some of the cool non-Apple products we've seen from the show. Joining me today are the key contributors to Macworld's From the Lab blog. We have uh, Macworld Lab Director Jim Galbraith. Hello. And Macworld, Mac, and Macworld Assistant Editor Chris Holt, who also does game, game reviews for us. Hey, how's it going? So Jim, uh, let's start with you. You got any products you'd like to talk about? Yeah, I've seen quite a few uh, pretty interesting products. Uh, the two I think I'll pick to talk about today are uh, kind of interesting. Uh, one is uh, NEC is showing a few different new displays and some projectors over there, but kind of the coolest one is this curved display. I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's a like 42-inch wide uh, display. It's called a CRVD42. Hey, look I at that. I did see it. It's the, it's the weirdest thing that I've seen on the show floor so far. So why curved? That's, well, as a gamer, you should know. It's, uh, it's for total immersion into your game. It kind of surrounds you. Uh, it's basically a 2880 by 900 display, uh, resolution display. It's kind of like putting two 15-inch MacBook Pros side by side, and, but uh, curved around you so you kind of have this cockpit feel. To right, it. and as the guy told me, what it, ha- what it does, what the curve effect does is it makes every point of the screen equidistant to you. So for like on a typical flat, if you had two, or if you had a typical flat forty-two inch like TV, for instance, the one point on the upper right right corner isn't the same distance as the one in the middle, which creates this more of a less eye fatigue, according to the guy from NEC. So it's kind of like four DLP projectors behind there, split. You can right. You can still kind of see the division where the screens are kind of right. put together, but they're working on that. And I think by March, they're supposed to try and have a price and have the thing productized. But uh, it's really pretty cool. It's got a super fast response time, like 0.02 milliseconds. Right. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it looks pretty fun. I'm hoping we get one into review. Yeah, it, it told me that it's a single-link link DVI hmm. connector, so you can actually run a MacBook Pro connect it to this display and you'll get be able to use this whole 42 inch now it's not a 16 by 9 inch aspect ratio it's something like i think it was something like 3.8 to oh i forget but it's it's more narrow than it is wide yes i mean so it's 2880 by 900 a 15 inch macbook Pro, like you have in front of you, is 1440 by 900. Right. So it's exactly like two of those. So it's, yes, much longer than a standard thing. But that way it wraps around your head a little bit, and it's, yeah. uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So, Chris, what do you got? Uh, well, I got the LaCie Hard Disk Max, uh, which is uh, designed by Neil Poulton. Uh, it's a... Um, is this got, the black box guy? It's the black box. It, it's very uh, interesting. It's described as a sleek brick, which is the only time I'll hear those two <laughs> words together in a sentence. 
Um, so it's a, a RAID or RAID, a RAID 0 or RAID 1 configuration with a flick of a switch. Um, two uh, terabyte capacity. Uh, it, its limiting factor, I think, is it's got a, uh, only USB 2.0. Um, it doesn't have um, a three or four interface. Um, it basically only has USB. So that's going to be kind of the bottleneck there. But um, stylistically, it's pretty cool looking. Um, it also kind of speaks to a larger trend that you know, there are a lot of multi-drive enclosures we saw this week. Uh, we saw a lot of drives that have you know one or two drives in the enclosure, uh, giving much more uh, space and than a you know usual consumer will get. Um, Plus, you also get the advantage with the two drives because they're usually arranged as a RAID array of yeah. some sort. So you get some sort of speed benefit. Well, not if it's USB only. Like yeah, this. No, that's speed. true. That's true. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, RAID 1 is perfect for, you know, you can set it as your time machine backup. It'll be automatically backing up your backup in a mirror right. drive. And that's really cool. And, yeah, like Chris was saying, um, a lot of these multi-drive enclosures now are being targeted directly to the consumer versus, right. you know, the video kind of guys in the past. Yes, as this, you know, the Neil Poulton designs and things right. like that. And, and mechanisms are so cheap nowadays that putting two in, you know, and then you get the extra capacity and people are using them for time machine backups. So that's yep. yeah, a lot of a lot of storage. So I'm interested to see that they're still going with this black box design. I guess it's it's popular for them. Well, I mean, it's actually it's different than a lot of the other things you'll see on the C line. They still have kind of a gray, you know, silver um, line. But the D2, which has, you know, been around for... Do they still have that Lego hard drive? It was, a, it was a case that they came out with that was in the form of a Lego brick. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I think they've discontinued that. <laughs> Which is a shame, really. I like to stack those. Yes. Right, I was well, thinking the, the Lincoln Log uh, thumb Lincoln drives. Log. That's what I'm thinking. Lincoln log thumb drives. I'm gonna write oh, that down. I think you better, yeah, that's a good pitch. Genius. So let's see. <laughs> Neil Poulton, Neil Schmolton. <laughs> the Jim Gabbard designed Lincoln log USB go. thumb drive. And, you know that's that's environmentally friendly because it would use wood. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, very environmentally friendly. Yeah. Repurposed. Uh, oh, cool, really well. But anyways, Jim, you got anything else? Uh, you know, I was uh, surprised to see. Uh, Kanaka Minolta had a big, uh, had quite a few new uh, printers at their booth, and I, they forgot to call me about them. So uh, I was happy to be just kind of walking around the show floor and saw that uh, they're going next month. They're going to re- be releasing a three hundred dollar color laser printer. Supposedly, it ha- has the smallest footprint of any color laser. Um, it's only fifteen by six by fifteen inches in size. Uh, it's going to cost three hundred bucks. It'll do color in five pages per minute and twenty pages per minute black. Uh, it's PostScript three, PCL six, supports Windows, Mac, Linux. It's uh, got the Ethernet and USB, and it, you know, it looks really cool. And for three hundred bucks, I mean, how can you miss? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cheap with all those features. You know, three hundred dollars. I wouldn't expect them to have Ethernet. You know, right, these are all be add-ons, right. you know, and and a lot of times oh, okay. they, they would be add-ons, but not in this product. Right, in this product, right. yeah. So, uh, and, and yeah, so that's the Magic Color sixteen fifty EN. They also have some printers there that wouldn't fit in this podcast booth, but uh, but yeah. So they're going to so right. stop by. They're at booth uh, forty one fifteen in the North Hall. So this is more for a Soho, not necessarily a. Um, Photographer or anyone, a digital artist, would use this for photos, but more for like spreadsheets and flyers and things like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it's it's for people who want to add some color, maybe at home or right. small business. Color laser just it hasn't quite gotten to photographic 
quality yet. No, but for brochures, it can be better because the text right. is always better. Right. It, it right. seems on these on these lasers. So if you were doing some kind of you know flyers for your business or you know brochures, then right. you probably want to go with the color laser. Cool. Very cool. And you know, it's you get a you get a better yield compared to inkjet if you were to you know to do those kind of you're not constantly changing out these right these ink cartridges and things. if you hit print a lot of uh if you do a lot of volume a laser is probably a better way to go yeah especially with black and white it's, it's fast uh and it's just you know it's, it's it's nice and easy to have around and you don't have to worry about you know the things you do with ink jets with you know they just use so much ink <laughs> it's just so expensive to replace those inks right but uh, that's why we print at work right <laughs> Uh, Wait. Yeah. 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 On that note, Chris, do you got anything else? Well, I'm just going to comment on on the printer. This is uh, a few years ago. We, you know, color lasers were pretty much limited to the office or the workspace. They actually have in the consumer models. It's now pretty rare. I mean, this has to be one of the cheaper models we've seen on the market. I'm guessing now. Yeah. I mean, for especially with the uh, especially with Ethernet and with uh, PostScript, you know. A lot of some, you know, you'll sometimes see a cheaper one, but this is yeah, this is at, this is at entry level mono laser prices. Yeah, this breaks a price barrier. You know, there's always these, you know, you always wait for that one product to pr- break that barrier in terms of price. You know, with like SLRs, we would wait for that one to come down to seven hundred, six hundred dollars, and it finally happened. Kind of the same thing with color laser. They've always hovered around what seven, eight. Yeah, well, we had a, you know we did big stories about sub one thousand color lasers right. back in the day, and then sub five hundred, and so now we've broken to three hundred. Yeah, now we've broken to three hundred. So it's, it's something of a landmark to, uh, and it says something about the market and what's going to happen soon. So very cool. Yeah. Uh, so what else I have to talk about uh, today? Um, just in general, um, media servers. Uh, we have consumer models that are media servers. Um, IOmega, Western Digital, uh, a few others we saw on the, on the floor. Um, are producing media servers for the home consumer. Yep, storage is everywhere. Yep. You know, uh, with these high-definition TV shows and movies and uh, your photographs and your huge MP3 libraries, you know, people don't want to have multiple copies of all these things around, and they want to be able to share them in the home. And, right. Uh, yeah, it seems like uh, just about, you know, HP, I think, got, more, uh, got a best of show for their right. media server. Uh, the uh, media smart server and yeah almost every major vendor seems to be coming out with a new one here at the show right doesn't western digital have one they do that one's kind of cool too because it doesn't require uh it does still requires a storage but it's the store the the media server isn't built into the storage so you can be swapping drives in and out and you could take it with you on you know to work or wherever you needed to go and then just come and stick it in the cradle where these other ones are bigger boxes that sit you know wherever Cool. Near your TV. Very cool. Well, th- those are just some of the cool new products that we've seen at the show. But, you know, it, this is at Macworld Expo, and there is sort of the elephant in the room that we haven't exactly talked about yet, and that elephant being the 17-inch MacBook Pro. Oh, I thought you were talking about me, and I was going to be offended. <laughs> no, he's lost weight. That's, that's cruel, <laughs> Roman. So what are you guys' impressions of the 17-inch MacBook Pro? You know, it's... it's it's big. <laughs> it's, I affectionately call the 17-inch MacBook Pro the cafeteria tray. 
Oh, it nice. reminds like me of that. the days at school when I would honk, honk or, you know, haul around this cafeteria tray. But must have gone to a very high end school to have like a three <laughs> grand uh, tra- tray there. LED backlit cafeteria <laughs> right. tray. So, but uh, just some of the specs. I mean, it's you know 17 inches. It comes with standard with a 2.66 gigahertz uh, Core 2 Duo processor. Comes standard with four gigabytes of RAM, expandable to eight, I believe. I believe that's correct. Yep. Uh, and I think the standard hard drive is 320 gigabytes. You can get an SSD option if you want. Comes with FireWire 800, a USB. Does not have 400, correct? No, I don't believe it does. Right. Uh, the screen is. Uh, what's the resolution on the screen again? It's, it's uh, 1920 by 1200. By 1200. And there's also some BTO options. You can get the. Uh, what? Uh, you can get the processor boosted up to, I believe. 293, 2.93 gigahertz. And you can also, it's the only, uh, is it the only Mac portable now available with the anti-glare screen? Correct. It, it's, it's, they made this anti-glare option that you can get for $50. Um, Phil Schiller kind of said that, you know, now you, then you have to add a bezel to it. And he kind of said that in sort of a disparaging way. Right, you have to take. They had to kind of redesign the case, so it's, right. it doesn't look quite as different as uh, the other new MacBooks. Well, I think that's an acknowledgement that the 17-inch MacBook Pro is the machine that's geared more towards the professional, like photographer or designer, and they need that color correction, and they don't, or you know, the videographer who can't use need the glare. They don't want the glare. So that that this mat. Well, actually, they don't call it a mat. They call it anti-glare, which to me is a way that they acknowledge that the Glossy has a glare. So this is an They could just call it the anti-glare and the glare screen. I'll take, a, <laughs> I'll take the one with the standard glare screen, please. Right. Sounds good. So, but the m- most controversial feature of this laptop is the battery, and the battery itself is cannot be removed. It's a fixed battery. Now, they, the battery is larger than your typical battery. It's, I, I don't remember how big, how much bigger they said it was. It was Maybe 40% bigger. Is, With, is that, yeah. That sounds right. I don't know if it's off my head. Yeah, but they were able to remove certain parts that were needed for a removal, belt, removal battery to make it a fixed battery, to make it a bigger battery, and that'll give you eight hours of battery life. So theoretically, you can go a whole day with it without needing, to, you know, and then at the end of the day, you can just plug it in and, you're done. So. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're touting the fact that the lifespan of the cells are, you know, three times that of the industry standard. I mean, it's more environmentally friendly, um, but we'll see what it actually performs like in actually our, our lab tests. Uh, I mean, yeah. the, the last uh, MacBook Pros, like MacBooks that came out, you know, were supposed to be much better battery life than the predecessors, but it, the lab did not really kind of, those tests did not come out to the way they wanted them to. Yeah, there's always, you know, there's so many different ways you can test batteries, and uh, the way we do it is kind of the worst-case scenario right. uh, battery test. How fast can we drain this battery? Right. Which is not the spec that Apple will be touting with their new... Uh, no, they're probably using pages and, you know, writing lorem ipsum delore over and over, or something like that, you know, something that's, they're going to get the maximum battery life, and, not that what they're doing isn't real, but, you know, we're, we're trying to gauge the worst-case scenario. You know, if you're on a flight, cross-continental flight, you know, you don't want to watch whatever's being offered on the plane. You probably want to whip out 
you know, your, your map book and watch a movie on it. And that's going to drain your battery severely. So that's how come we test that way. Right. So. Yeah, it's not, it's not, a, neither way is right or wrong. They're right. all, they're Just all valid, approach. but yes. But ours, uh, you know, you know, there's pressures to get the review out the door. And yeah. so, you know, we could spend a lot of time and, you know, with the, with the big news in this 17-inch being the uh, battery life, you know, we probably will do a couple yeah. of different types of battery yeah. tests on this one, I think. Do you think this is going to be a successful machine for Apple? I don't know. I mean, the reception so far has been pretty cool. Um, yeah. I think people were, were expecting, yeah, the 17-inch, or people were expecting, I guess, the new Mac Mini, um, right. which, you know, I guess never got announced. Um, but, you know, looking at the forums, people have not been that enthusiastic about it. I think people were really skeptical about the fixed battery initially. Uh, they were afraid also that you could not swap out memory, and they were afraid that this basically was going to be a very um, user-unfriendly machine. But the fact that you you know you can swap out memory, you just can't swap out the battery, you know, people have been a bit more enthusiastic about it, a bit, a bit warmer to that. Um, where is the uh, – I, I haven't actually felt, held one yet. Have you seen where the – where do you put the RAM in? Because I was looking on the bottom of it. I didn't see any right. doors or, or I looked screws. at the bottom of it as well, and I couldn't find – like a screw or a door, maybe it was underneath the pads. But mm. again, at, at the same time, I didn't really look that closely. But at first glance, I didn't notice any seams or anything below where I can get inside and you know take out parts. Maybe they do the removable keyboard again or something like oh, that's that. That's possible. Yeah, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't check that. So that's a good that's a good point. But you know, I'm, I'm, I have my MacBook Pro in front of me, my 15 inch MacBook Pro. I never swap out the battery. It, you know, it's like, should I carry an extra battery or should I carry my power adapter? You know, and I think I've, I could always find a coffee shop and plug in if I need to. So I could see some of the logic. You know, some people just don't really carry a battery. You know. And, you know, if the uh, if Mac's boasts are, are, are true, if they, you know, their claims that this is really a revolutionary new battery yeah. and this is going to completely revolutionize, you know, how they do laptops, then, yeah, I mean, more power to them. But you know, if you're if the only thing wrong with you know if say say a few years down the road and your uh, your battery goes south, right? You know, all of a sudden I'm without my machine for a few days or however long it takes for me right. to have somebody come and swap that battery out yeah. where I could do it myself. Um, so you know, it's a give and take. But you know, I think probably in the end, having eight hours of battery life yeah. is probably you know worth it. Yeah. Well, as soon as they become available, we'll get one into the lab and we'll run it through its paces and be sure to check out uh, macworld.com we'll post benchmarks of the new 17 inch macbook pro when we get one in um, and that's it for this special Mac from the lab podcast be sure to read the from the lab blog which features the latest hardware reviews and testing straight from macworld lab you can get to the blog in your web browser at www.macworld.com slash weblogs slash Macworld Lab. I know that's a long URL, so we'll have a link in our show notes for that. And for complete coverage of Macworld Expo, be sure to visit Macworld.com. For Jim Galbraith and Chris Holt, I'm Roman Loyola. Thanks for listening. That concludes this special Macworld Expo episode of the Macworld Podcast, sponsored by Macworld Superguides. What you need to know. We'll be offering additional Expo podcasts throughout the week. Thanks very much for listening.